to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, praise be to God, on this Friday, May the 13th, 2022. Yes, I know, it's Friday the 13th, but stop it, it's going to be fine, I promise. It's going to be fine. In fact, what we should be looking at today is this anniversary of Fatima in 1917, praise be to God, Our Lady appearing to the three shepherd children. It's going to be a great day, and... The USCCB is calling for all faithful to uh, pray, to fast, and to do penance today. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up at 15 past the hour, why they are asking us to do that. Hey, one in four families are dealing with the tragedy of miscarriage. I know my wife and I have dealt with this on four occasions. And to talk about that today, Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony is going to be on with us. He is a a co-author of a book called The Deacon and the Doctor, a prescription of uh, for navigating child loss, and that's coming up at 35 past the hour. So if you or someone you know has dealt with miscarriage, this is going to be the conversation for you. That's coming up to this hour, so stick around for that. The White House uh, press secretary, outgoing press secretary, Jen Psaki, said uh, parents who are worried about their baby's immediate needs for formula amid the nationwide shortage should call their doctor. Okay, we may talk about the the shortage of baby formula coming up at 15 past the hour. And according to a brand new poll come out came out yesterday from Monmouth University, 80% of registered voters say the U.S. is on the wrong track. Yes, I think I agree with that. All of that and more coming up this hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. How are you? Oh, it's fantastic to be here. This is the is day it? the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Didn't he make all the days? He did. He made 365 here on this planet. So it's, mm, does the statement, this is the day the Lord has made, indicate like tomorrow isn't or yesterday wasn't? I like to think of it as, uh, well, make the best of today. Ah, okay. I see where you're <laughs> going with that, sneaky. Speaking of sneaky, Mike Koeniger's here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Mike. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive and that counts. How are you? I am just wonderful. Enjoyed those 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. thunderstorms <laughs> that rolled through Virginia this morning. Jealous. Really? Uh, so jealous. I sleep better ones. in thunderstorms. I, I sleep uh, like these, a baby. These were the ones that would rattle the windows, so you probably Ooh, wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I, you can ask my wife. I probably would. You know, the kids would, the only thing that would wake me up would be the kids coming to sleep in the bed with us. I'd be like, you know, hey, guys, go back to bed. This is great. Make good use of it. <laughs> By the way, do you know what the reference ones and twos even means, Mike? I do. I do. Remember, I'm old, so yes, yes I know about turntable number that's one exact, and turntable number that's two. That's exactly right. <laughs> the DJ reference, the good old days, praise be to God. I mean, the kids today, they don't even know what turntables are, for crying What's out loud. What's a turntable? Yes, or, or, or corded telephones that you had to, like, you know, hang out by the, by the kitchen <laughs> to talk to your friends. Dials. I had, yes, I had one of those, too, the dials. Yeah, good old days. <laughs> Back in my day. Get off my lawn, you little whippersnapper. All right, hey, listen, we're going to have a great show today. It's going to be a lot of fun, praise be to God. Also on the show today, because it's Friday, we do give out prizes every Friday in our Fear and Trembling Game Show segment. That comes up in the next hour for those of you that can join us, so I would encourage you to do so. But don't forget to jump onto our live video feed for the after show as well. 
All of that is linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can find the live stream there, links to everywhere else that we're live streaming. You can get on our podcast there. You can get on our email list there. There's a ton of stuff you can do right on our webpage to include finding a local station, a Catholic station, broadcasting this show live Monday through Friday. The Guadalupe Radio Network, that's what we that's who we are. We of course are streaming across our network, but also the Station of the Cross, our partner up in the Northeast, is also and I uh, streaming us live and I put all of that information on the website. Go to grnonline.com forward slash C D T. Let's pray. Let's jump in. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Mike Koniger. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, May 13th, and these are your headlines. Arizona follows Texas, begins busing migrants from southern border to D.C. The first bus arrived in the capital on Wednesday, loaded with 20 migrants who volunteered for the trip, according to the Arizona Daily Star. Republican Governor Doug Ducey's communications director, C.J. Karamargan, told the local news outlet the state will bus as many migrants as needed. Arizona will push the federal government to pick up the tab for as much as it costs the state to transport the migrants. Supreme Court justices meet for the first time since draft opinion leak. Historically, votes have sometimes changed between the initial voting and the official announcement of the decision. Keep praying, folks. In 1992, when Planned Parenthood B. Casey was brought before the court, Justice Anthony Kennedy indicated that he would vote to overturn Roe. Later, he quietly switched his vote and became one of five justices in the majority that affirmed Roe. At the meeting, the justices typically choose cases to hear in the coming months, as well as discuss and finalize opinions in cases that have been argued before them. And as Joe mentioned earlier, amid nationwide shortage, illegal immigrants get baby formula first, lawmaker claims. Republican Representative Kat Kamek claims that she has received photos of deliveries of baby formula from a Border Patrol agent. They're receiving pallets and more pallets of baby formula at the border, she said, adding that in one message the border agent told her, Kat, you would not believe the shipment I just brought in. He has been a border patrol agent for 30 years, and he has never seen anything quite like this. He is a grandfather, and he is saying that his own children can't get baby formula. Airfare inflation is the new used car inflation. I experienced that last year when I was shopping. Airfares rose 18.6% in April, the most on record for a single month which accounted for about a quarter of the overall surge in core inflation last month. And those are your headlines for this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Imelda Lambertini. The patroness of fervent First Communion, Blessed Imelda came from one of the oldest families in Bologna. Lambertini was born in 1322 in Bologna. Her father was Count Igano Lambertini and her mother was Castora Galuzzi. Even as a tiny child, she showed unusual piety, taking delight in prayer and slipping off to a quiet corner of the house, which she adorned with flowers and pictures to make a little oratory. When she was nine, she was placed at her own, an, on her own wish in the Dominican convent, Val de Pietra, to be trained there by the nuns. 
Her disposition soon endeared her to all, and her zeal with which she entered greatly edified the nuns. Her special devotion was to the Eucharistic presence of Our Lord at Mass and in the Tabernacle. To receive Our Lord in Holy Communion became the consuming desire of her heart. But the custom of the place and time had fixed twelve as the earliest age for a First Communion. She would sometimes exclaim, Tell me, can anyone receive Jesus into his heart and not die? When she was 11 years old, she was present with the rest of the community at Ascension Day Mass on May 12, 1333. All of the others had received their communion. Only Imelda was left unsatisfied. The nuns were preparing to leave the church when some of them were startled to see what appeared to be a sacred host hovering in the air above Imelda. As she knelt before the closed tabernacle absorbed in prayer, quickly they attracted the attention of the priest who hurried forward with a patent on which to receive it. In the face of such a miracle, he could do no otherwise than to give Imelda her first communion, which was also her last. For the rapture with which she received her Lord was so great that it broke her heart. She sank unconscious to the ground, and when loving hands raised her, it was found that she was dead. Blessed Imelda Lambertini, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, quote, Our Lord soul." his disciples, who as men would be naturally alarmed and troubled at the idea of his death by assuring them of his divinity. Uh, Augustine goes on to say, he adds, in my father's house are many mansions by way of an assurance to them in their trouble that they might with confidence and certainty look forward after all their trials to dwelling together with Christ in the presence of God. For though one man is bolder wiser, juster, holier than another, yet no one shall be removed from that house of God, but each receive a mansion suited to his deserts. The penny indeed which the householder paid to the laborers who worked in his vineyard was the same to all. For life eternal, which this penny signifies, is of the same duration to all. But there may be many mansions, many degrees of dignity in that life, corresponding to people's deserts. Close quote. St. Augustine, pray for us. We're going to get what we deserve. There's no getting around that. There is no escaping it. No person on planet Earth just gets away with it. We all will have to face that judgment, and we will get what we deserve. Do we deserve a beautiful mansion in heaven in, in the beatific vision? Well, how did we live our life? How did we, uh, after realizing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and the only means by obtaining that eternal bliss, did that change the life that we are living? 
That's the question of the day. Haydock's commentary says, Our Savior wished to encourage his apostles who were so much troubled because he had said that Peter should deny him. They thought within themselves, if Peter, who is the strongest and most resolute amongst us, shall so far forget himself as to deny his master, what will become of us? Jesus, seeing their anxiety, tells them not to be troubled, but to believe in him. And in his words, for he had said that he would not lose any whom his father had given him, and that whosoever should believe in him should have life everlasting. Close quote, Haydock's commentary today. So the question is, who do you follow? What choices are you making today? Augustine says, quote, as if he said, I am the way whereby thou wouldest go. I am the truth whereto thou wouldest go. I am the life in which thou wouldest abide. The truth and the life everyone understands, but not everyone hath found the way. Even the philosophers of the world have seen that God is the life eternal, the truth which is the end of all knowledge, and the word of God which is truth and life with the Father, by taking upon him human nature is made the way. Walk by the man, and thou wilt arrive at God, for it is better to limp on the right way than to walk ever so stoutly by the wrong. I love that part. Let me repeat that. I think it bears repeating today. Augustine is saying, for it is better to limp on the right way than to walk ever so stoutly by the wrong. Close quote, St. Augustine. You should steal that. Tell that to someone today. I think it's brilliant. Hillary says, For he who is the way doth not lead us into devious courses out of the way, nor does he who is the truth deceive us by falsehoods, nor does he who is the life leave us in the darkness of death. Close quote, St. Hillary. What's the bottom line here? What's the takeaway? That we, as we've said a billion times, will say it a billion times more. The early church fathers have made it very clear to us. When you encounter Christ... That encounter should have drastic, eternal, you know, eternal consequences to your life. It should change the way you think. It should change the way you act. It should change the way you see the world around you. Because it is better to limp on the way to heaven than to walk so boldly, so upright into the fiery pit of hell. Right? Amen? So who do we follow today? Who do we follow today? Let's meditate on that. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We've got a lot of stories to jump into in the What's Concerning Us section. That's coming up right after this very quick break. And then later on, we're going to talk about miscarriages. Stick around. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Unbelievers often reject religion because it sometimes causes conflict. They'll say, science will fly you to the moon. Religion will fly you into buildings. Is this a rational basis for rejecting religion? The answer is no, and here's the reason. First, just because something causes conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. For example, many wars have been fought over land. Does this mean we should do away with the right to private property? I don't think so. Second, the objection doesn't specify which religions cause war. It may belong to the essence of some religions to spread its message by the sword, and these we should reject, but it doesn't belong to all religions. So, to the question, should I reject religion because it causes conflict? The answer is no. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
and it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony back on the program. Uh, we've had him on. It's been, ooh, many months now. Um, but he's coming back on because he's co-written a book called The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Loss, because one in four families are dealing with the tragedy of miscarriage, my own family to be included in that. And we're going to talk about the tragedy of miscarriage and our response to that coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that if you can. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. Let me start with this. The U.S. bishops, the U.S. Conference of uh, Bishops, has called for all Catholics in America today to pray, to fast, and to do penance, to pray the Holy Rosary in, in particular, because of the anniversary of Fatima today, being May 13th, praise be to Jesus. Here's a little bit from the National Catholic Register on this. It says, in response to threats of violence from pro-abortion activists, the U.S. Bishops' Conference is inviting Catholics around the country to join in fasting and praying the Rosary on Friday, May 13th, the Feast of Our Lady Fatima. Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, Chairman of the Bishops' Committee on Pro-Life Activities, and Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, President of the Conference, urged Catholics to pray for the conversion of the hearts and minds of those who advocate for abortion, as well as for the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion nationwide. Archbishops Laurie and Gomez also encouraged prayer for a new commitment to building an American America, where children are welcomed, cherished, and cared for, where mothers and fathers are encouraged and strengthened, where marriage and the family are recognized and supported as the true foundations of a healthy and flourishing society. Close quote. Yes, yes, I agree. I love this statement. I think it's amazing, and I think that is exactly right. We need to not just pray for the end of abortion, Yes, the atrocity, the Holocaust must end. The blood stain on this country is enormous. Millions of human lives have been slaughtered at the altar of convenience. Uh, and it's time to end that. But we need to take it a step further. It's not, that's not the final goal. We must also bolster and protect families. Moms, dads, the sacrament of marriage, raising kids is the foundation bedrock of society itself. And we must defend that. We would call for the Supreme Court to overturn Obergefeld to bring back true marriage between a man and a woman. So I think that's good. This is good, uh, this is good bones here to be praying, fasting, and doing penance for today. But speaking of caring for families, let's talk about uh, the big elephant in the room right now, which is, of course, the shortage of baby food formula, which is... Mind-boggling to me.
But I guess it shouldn't be so much because I remember like in 2020, the hoarding began with toilet paper. And we were seeing videos of people, you know, getting into fights at, at grocery stores over toilet paper. And then all of a sudden they're rationing toilet paper at the store. And you're just like, really? This is where we're at. And then, like, naive me, I just thought, you know, hey, I needed uh, I needed a deep a deep freezer, right, because I was getting more meat for the family, hunting and all of that. And I'm like, oh, let me just go get a deep freezer. There are none. What do you mean there are none? I mean, this is America. I should be able to go down to the Best Buy and pick up, you know, let alone Home Depot or Lowe's and get myself a deep freezer. Like, they're always on demand, right? They're always just there. And, like, nope, there's none anywhere ever. And they're backlogged by months. I was, my mind was utterly blown. Uh, by the grace of God, someone very generously donated one to me. I mean, it was just amazing because all the used ones were being sold for way over market value. I mean, it, it, mind-boggling. So here we are with baby formula. Let me, uh, let me just read this real quick to you. This is a snippet from a letter sent by more than 100 House Republicans to the president asking for, for him to get involved, to, to get serious about this. This is a, a, a quote from that letter. It says, quote, The share of baby formula out of stock across the U.S. hit 40% on April 24th, and a total of 26 states have out-of-stock rates of 40 to 50%. Notably, CVS, Walgreens, and Target are among the stores putting limits on how much formula customers can buy at one time. Additionally, there is concern over how this may impact parents participating in the special supplemental nutritional program for women, infants, and children, called WIC, who rely on the program's supply of baby formula for their infants' nutritional needs. According to Data Assembly, baby formula shortages were at 23% in January 2022 and have continued to worsen, showing out-of-stock levels at 31% as of April 2022. Further, Ben Reich, the CEO of Data Assembly, said, a combination of inflation, supply chain shortages, and product recalls have brought an unprecedented amount of volatility for baby formula, and that he expects to continue to see the baby formula category being dramatically affected by these conditions, close quote. That's the letter from 100 House Republicans that are calling on President Joe Biden and his administration and the Food and Drug Administration to immediately address the ongoing baby formula shortage that has left parents scrambling to feed their infants. Uh, Seems pretty insane to me. Mike, is it, I mean, to me, this is just one more symptom. Uh, According to this Manmouth poll that came out yesterday, 80% of registered voters say the U.S. is on the wrong track. I mean, duh, Comes to mind? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, we featured this story yesterday in our news headlines, and uh, I'm fostering a young man who just turned one, so we just got him off formula. But I started seeing these in January and February. It got worse and worse. And you just can't switch a baby from one formula to another. You, you have to stick with what they have. A lot of them get upset stomachs, and all the parents know this, but I'm just reminding them of this if they forgot. You know, once you're on a formula, that's what you have. And if you go to the store, it's not there. you got to go to another store or another store until you finally find it. And it's a real yeah. challenge. You know, and then, of course, there was the headline this morning that we are shipping pallets of baby formula down to the border to these immigrant uh, centers. And listen, you know, moms coming across the border also need to feed their kids. That we're not opposed to immigrants feeding their kids because they have to. That would be, it'd be, uh, it would, it would lack great charity on our part to starve, you know, immigrant moms of their feeding their kids. But at the same time, it seems tone deaf 
another issue of tone deafness on behalf of our administration, which is, again, why I think 80%, and what staggers me about that Manmouth poll, 80% of registered voters say we're on the wrong track, is I feel, my gut intuition says, the vast majority of Americans, irregardless of their political uh, views, uh, whether they're liberals or conservatives or what have you, irregardless of that, I feel like the vast majority of Americans see the world through a here and now lens, not through the lens of eternity, right? Um, I think they're more married to their to their worldly viewpoint than they are to their to their religious belief. And as a result of that, I find it fascinating because you have now a vast majority of the country is saying something is inherently wrong here. But according to this CEO at Data Assembly, he said inflation, supply chain shortages and product recalls. Well, inflation. Well, that's what you get when you have trillions of dollars being printed and spent, you know, that. Inflation is is a byproduct of inventing money out of thin air and way and way overspending money you don't have and putting your your children's 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 in debt now for generations to come. So there's that. Then there's of course you know gas prices off you know out of control. Four dollars a gallon in the state of Texas, which is still mind-boggling to me. And it's worse everywhere else. Um, well, what comes on a truck? full of diesel prices that are also record high. Well, everything, right? Everything comes on a truck. So diesel prices affect the bottom line in everybody's pocket, which is also uh, you know, inflating the supply chain shortages. So it seems to me like when we choose to spend now almost $60 billion to fight the, the war in Ukraine, uh, because let's not kid ourselves, we are at war in Ukraine apparently, and not deal with these major problems on our home front, not dealing with opening up uh, oil exploration and, and drilling in our country, not dealing with the border crisis and the fentanyl crisis that's out of control, not dealing with this shortage now in our, in our food supply chain with, as we reported, what was it, week before last, how many food plants have been hit? I think it was, I can't remember the number, but it was a record high number of food plants that have been on fire now in 2022. It seems to me that our country has grave issues, that there's just a tone deafness there. Do you see that? I, I de- absolutely see it. And I think it was over 30 plants that you counted out and, and outlined. And, and this is just, this is crazy. You know, when an administration's first thing they do when they come into office is shut down oil pipelines yeah. and then accuse oil companies of gouging, mm. why didn't the oil companies gouge during the previous administration? Right. Where, where was, you know, profit yeah. is profit, right? If, right? if that's all they were after was profit, they would have done this uh, two years ago or a year ago uh, yeah. when, when oil was much more uh, plentiful and could have made huge profits, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, we live in interesting times, to be sure. We live in very interesting times, and now it's like you, you, you just don't know what's going to happen next. Most people are like, anything could happen next at this point. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my wife uh, the other day, and I was telling her, you know, it's it just seems like we're living through a a really bad. Uh, television show <laughs> right. where every every new season there's going to be a new villain whether it's inflation or a new war you know last season it was covid this season it's a war next season is uh the fallout of this uh the sh- shortages and stuff like that it just seems so absurd and and you know what i would really like and i think people are really dialed into this at this particular moment is for the administration to pay attention to their own home 
You know, you 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 have to clean your own home. You have to make sure that your home is is upright and that it's functioning. I had a roommate one time, and uh, he would he would spend a lot of time outside of the house, and he would never clean the house, <laughs> and fun. it was obnoxious, you know. Yeah. But you have to take care of your home first, and, and you know exactly uh, to to talk about something you said, Joe. You know, of course, it, we have to have charity for the people who are coming here, and they're they're now stranded here. But to send pallets of of baby formula that uh, just simply is off the shelves for most Americans—that's right. absurd. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And, it, you know, and here's the bottom line. Uh, we can only be as charitable as we have resource and capacity to be charitable. Exactly. And uh, it's not that we shouldn't be charitable. We ought to be. We are called to it, to love our neighbor. And who is our neighbor? Every single human person on planet Earth, praise be to God. However, if we don't have the resources and capacity to uh, to be charitable to them, how can we be charitable uh, or, or how can we deal with our own issues if we, you know, we can't be charitable to them if we can't deal with our own issues? Similar to why on an airplane they say you got to put the mask over yourself first before you help the person next to you get their oxygen mask on in the case of an emergency. So that that philosophy is true on a grander scale. We shouldn't be helping other people and ignore the grave issues that this country is struggling with that lacks charity uh, for the for for those that are here that lacks charity for this country that is further devolving away and further from Christ into now what seems to be more of a pagan society. So we have lots to pray fast and do penance for, which is why I'm glad the USACB, Archbishop Lori there in Baltimore, thank you for doing so, calling us to pray, to fast, and to do penance today, because it is, in fact, the answer. We can't control what happens in Washington, D.C. We can't control what happens on our border, but we can get on our knees, pray, fast, and to do penance today. And it is a powerful weapon that God has given to us. And let's make use of it. All right, we'll be right back. What's concerning us? It's been a great segment, but more to come. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Catholic Diocese says that Aztec dancers invited to shrine opening will not perform a blessing. 
After noting that Bishop McClory and Fathers Maletta and Hoffman will be officiating a ceremony, the Shrine's administrator stated that guests will witness a dance troupe that will, in essence, bless the plaza in the Aztec traditions. Although it is not known exactly which group will perform the dances at the Shrine, typical Aztec cultural dances known as Danza Azteca are ancient ritualistic performances handed down from the pagan Aztec civilization. The dances have been described as carrying spiritual significance to those who perform them, imitating a prayer of honor and worship given to the pagan gods of the Aztecs. However, shrine administrators say the press release was misleading and that no such Aztec blessing will take place at the grand opening of the Marian Shrine. AP reports that a study finds cleaner air leads to more Atlantic hurricanes. A 50% decrease in pollution particles and droplets in Europe and the U.S. is linked to a 33% increase in Atlantic storm formation in the past couple decades, while the opposite is happening in the Pacific with more pollution and fewer typhoons, according to the study. Voters are more worried about inflation than abortion rights heading into the midterms. What issues are all voters very concerned about? 60% of voters are worried about inflation. 51% are worried about crime. Illegal immigration is at 47%, abortion rights at 42%, climate change at 32%, COVID at 22%. It is a significant finding given that Democrats are attempting to use the least Supreme Court draft opinion overruling Roe v. Wade as a key issue heading into the midterms. They are banking on hysteria over the possibility of abortion rules going back to the state and hope sounding the alarm will bolster their chances of maintaining their narrow majorities in both the House and Senate. And finally, Bitcoin plunges to a 2020 low as investors run from growing global recession fears. And those are your headlines. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Mike, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat once again is uh, Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony. Good morning to you, Deacon. Thank you for your time today. Deacon, are you there? Well, hopefully we'll get the deacon hooked up here. Uh, hopefully, Deacon, if you're there, chime in. But uh, the deacon wrote a book called The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Loss. Uh, deacon, let me know if you can hear me. I'm guessing the deacon can't hear me. Eh? Uh, we're going to ask Rudy to uh, to text him, and maybe if you have to, Rudy, get him on the phone possibly. But uh, this is an important topic, and I'll tell you why. My wife and I have suffered through child loss, and one in four families deal with miscarriage and child loss. The first child that we lost um, was very painful process to go through. And, I, and I, I, to be honest with you, I was surprised at how painful it was for us, especially for me. I can imagine it's worse for, for mothers because of the obvious reasons. But as a dad, it was difficult for me to go through it. <clears throat> and one of the things that, that sort of the fallout of that experience, and uh, our child, JL, was our child's name, um, was after that experience, the next time we got pregnant, I didn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> I didn't want to let anybody know that we were pregnant because I was afraid that we would have to also tell them that we had lost the child. So I remember being very excited about uh, my wife being pregnant and just so like pumped about that. And I told all my coworkers and it was like, I think she was like eight weeks pregnant. So she was pretty early on still. And, um, and we were, they were all congratulating and it was very exciting. And then all of a sudden we suffered miscarriage. And then I had to, uh, and I had to go back and tell everybody. 
and I didn't want to. I did not want to. I was, and I wasn't embarrassed. I was just hurt by the experience. I was uh, in shock by it a little bit, and I just felt it was very awkward, a very awkward thing to do. And so after that experience, the next time we got pregnant, I waited a long time. I think my wife was probably, I don't know, 14, 15 weeks or something like that before I, before I told anybody. Because I think someone had said to me, hey, once you get past 12 weeks, it's usually okay. I think someone said that. Although we have known many families who have had the tragedy of child loss all the way up to almost to birth. I mean, so it's a very serious uh, situation, and uh, which is why we've invited uh, Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony to be our guest today. Deacon, can you hear me? Deacon, are you there? Good morning, Deacon. Deacon, we're How you doing? praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice. I thought uh, hopefully we'll get this done. Can get you on the show today. I was just sharing with uh, our audience about my experience in my first child loss and miscarriage. My wife and I, we've had four. Mm-hmm. We've had four, uh, but the first one was was uh, difficult for us on a number of ways. Uh, and one of them was just, you know, not really knowing how to deal with this, not really uh, having the emotional tool set to to understand how to talk about it with other people. And as I was telling them, you know, a- every time after that, my wife got pregnant, I almost didn't want to tell anybody for a long time because I was afraid I'd have to also tell them we lost the child and I didn't want to do that. So it really affected us in many ways. And, the, and to this day, when someone says, how many kids do you have? It's always an internal conflict as to tell them, do I count the number of miscarriages and then have to explain to them? Like, you know what I mean? I have to give a qualifier like, okay, yeah, we've got to, you know, this number of kids, you know. Uh, uh, So it's always a big, big internal conflict. Tell us why you wrote this book and what the book is. Well, I want to first say that um, I'm sorry for your losses. And um, we wrote this book for people, families like you, but also for the community and clergy so that they can support people like you. As you know, one in four babies are miscarried, Mm -hmm. but the topic is very taboo. So a lot of people, they don't even know that this exists, Mm -hmm. uh, that this is happening to people. And especially in parishes, there's a burden where about at least 25% of the parish has either had a miscarriage, known someone who's gone through a miscarriage, um, or is actually going to be in contact with somebody who may have a miscarriage. So we wrote this book so that people will have an idea, as you were asking, how do they carry, how do they go through this grief that uh, is not talked about, but also so that they can have comfort knowing that the church is with them and that there are answers out there. Um, for many people, for example, if they have their first miscarriage, something as simple as, what do we do with the baby? I mean, that's not talked about. A lot of people, they don't know. They're like, well, what do we do? We never, nobody's ever gone over this with us. So it gets it gets tough. And I would say when you were talking about answering that question about counting your children, it's nice to be able to say, hey, um, I do have a, a couple of children in heaven are, are with the Lord that loves them, yeah. uh, the merciful Lord that loves them, um, because Christ has conquered death. So that means that that relationship is not separated. As Paul says in Romans, what can separate from the love of Christ? Neither death, nor trial, nor tribulation. So we want to bring hope to people. That was the big reason why we wrote this. You know, 
I uh, when I do share our miscarriages with people, I will often say, you know, we have six kids that we are raising, and four we've entrusted to the mercy of God. And uh, I, I kind of leave it there, but uh, you know, it just feels so complicated to have to like make those qualifiers and explain things, you know, and just especially about something that's so emotional as the loss of a child. And I would say also this as well as a dad. It was difficult to know how to help my wife go through yeah. a miscarriage because there's there's a there is an emotional and a physical aspect to miscarriage that only women can understand that men yeah. can't deal with it in that very straight, straightforward way. So, did you deal with that at all in your book? Yes, we did, um, and this is a great point. We have a fam- uh, chapter just on family perspectives. We talk about acquiring a way to navigate this path to um, grieving and a prescription for child loss. We have a chapter on family dynamics because moms do grieve differently than dads, but we also have a little section even for the siblings because sometimes people don't think about, well, the kids have lost a brother or sister too. They're also grieving. Um, For the dad, a lot of times, many men, when we've talked with them, I, I work and work with an apostolate called a mom's peace, and I've literally buried over 100 babies. Um, so when I'm working with these families, a lot of times the dads naturally trying to be the protectors and wanting to help their wives, they feel, talking with a lot of them and interviewing them, they feel powerless because it's like I should have been able to protect my wife from this, but I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Even, even going through, like say, for example, our organization with burials, not every – area has someone that can actually do burials for people. They don't know that that's an option. So again, the question comes up, well, what do we do with our child? Um, some families, they, they try and uh, try to figure things out. I remember the one person that was in the hospital, they were going around, they had the miscarriage, and a Protestant minister came in and said, hey, would you like for us to pray? And they said, no, 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 don't worry, my church will do something. She was Catholic. She said, my church will do something for me. But then when she went to her parish, this wasn't even on their radar. Wow. So that's, mm-hmm. that we, want to, we want to inspire this. And it's not they're being malicious. Uh, some parishes, because it's not talked about, they just don't know. Everybody kind of suffers in silence. So we yeah. want to kind of get this out and, and to support the family. So Wow. We are talking with Deacon Gerard Murray Anthony, and uh, you're in what, South Carolina, North Carolina? Where are you at, Deacon? Uh, I'm in Virginia. It's a little bit, yeah, oh. a little bit higher. Than Why did I think you were in the Carolinas? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead and move there. It's all right with me, Deacon, if you want. It's fine with me. Yeah, <laughs> hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're talking with Deacon Gerard Murray Anthony about miscarriage in their brand new book. We're going to have more on this conversation right after this very short break. So if you or someone you know suffers or had suffered from miscarriage, this is the conversation. Share this with them. We'll be right back. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, 
the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joel McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony is our guest. He is a co-author of a book called The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Loss. Good morning to you, Deacon. Welcome back to the show. By the way, where do we find your book? How do we learn more about your book online? So it's on Amazon Books, or you can go to enroutebooksandmedia.com backslash deacon and doctor. Well, maybe uh, we get Rudy to put that in the links of our live video feed today. That would be a great place to put that. But uh, t- you have a co-author. Tell us about your co-author and how you guys sort of shared the duty. Yes. So my co-author is Dr. Sabine Heisman. She's a clinical psychologist. And a lot of times when we're, we might actually do retreats together for the women that we're working with that have had miscarriages. So... We had the, I do the theological, she does the psychological. But the thing that we wanted people to realize is this, because God wants to heal the entire person. And sometimes when you have a miscarriage, especially with the moms, a lot of people don't realize this, but it's like going through a trauma. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women are going through like post-traumatic stress syndrome. Um, and they may even both psychologically or even physically be going through things. Um, some women have said it feels like they're having a heart attack when mm-hmm. they're having the miscarriage. Um, so we wanted to be able to show people that faith and science actually can help one another to bring wholeness to people that have experienced miscarriage. But a lot of times we met just because we help with the retreats for the women that we work with at a mom's piece. Deacon, uh, you know, it, it's. I'd like to uh, get you to talk a little bit more about what can parishes do to help people who are going through this great suffering. You know, I have friends who um, have suffered a miscarriage, and um, you know, they they didn't really know what to do afterwards. You know, we, we uh, talked to one of our friends, and she mentioned that she tried to baptize the baby. You know, after she had miscarried it, and um, but what do you think a parish can do to step up to to help these people who are in, in such sorrow? Well, that's a great question, Adrian. Um, we do have a chapter of this on this in the book too. But I'll say three things just to start with. One of the first things that I think parishes can start doing is talking about it during their wedding prep, because one in four children are miscarried. Um, I do this in my wedding prep. So that way, if they actually experience it, it's not a complete shock um, because a lot of times the pain happens because families think this is only happening to me. 
they think that it's a punishment from God for me. Now, of course, that's not true. Just like the man born blind, our Lord says it wasn't for his parents' sins that he was born blind, but for the glory of God. But I would say, first and foremost, let's start talking about it, especially in our marriage preps, um, because it's going to happen to 25% of children. Wow. The second thing that I would say is to actually give homilies on it. I actually gave a homily on it a few months ago um, just because it was, it was, we were about to do the March for Life, and we said, well, let's not forget about the life that's in the womb of, that is miscarried. Um, of course, we always want to support life, and we want to go against abortion. But when I gave that homily, afterwards, so many women came to the back and said, thank you for doing that. This one lady, because she finally heard the homily, she felt this freedom to finally talk about it. And she had told me she had been carrying that burden for 30 years. Wow. And, she, and I mean, and she was just crying her eyes out because she felt that someone from the church finally connected with her and mm -hmm. was able to help her carry her pain. So I, the second thing I would say is give homilies about it. And then the third thing that I would say is take some time and do this to do retreats to help people to be able to get this burden off of their, their chest and, and their shoulders. Um, to have retreats for people that have miscarried because a lot of times they feel alone or isolated, but they need to know that the church wants to walk with them. This is God wants to walk with them through these situations that they're not alone and they don't have to, quote, just figure it out on their own. Yeah. So that's a great question, Eugene. I know from our own personal experience that my wife felt a lot of guilt uh, in the miscarriage and the miscarriages that we've suffered through. She felt... You know, she would question herself, what could I have done different? Did I do something that caused this? Did I not take my vitamins or, or whatever it was? And uh, yeah. I know that really became a, a great struggle for her. Is that something you also address in the book? Yes, and, uh, and, and this is important. We, we go through a couple of things. That's more in the, the psychological chapter um, because a lot of mothers and even uh, parents and fathers They'll think that. They'll say, like, well, you know, if I wouldn't have had that extra, um, I don't know, drink mix or something in my drink, I may not have miscarried. Or if I were more careful, if I wouldn't have done that extra exercise or something, I wouldn't have miscarried. That, that guilt that they feel, it is important to address because a lot of that guilt, it's not their fault. There's, there's not much they could have done differently. It's just that it happened. But one of the things that we emphasize is distinguishing between guilt, depression, anxiety, and then something called spiritual sorrow versus oppressive sorrow. Um, because a lot of times people will think, well, only if I did this. But what their focus has to be on is like, yes, this has happened. We can't change the past. So let's distinguish between what's going on so that we can actually start to heal. Mm. Now, Oppressive sorrow is sorrow that happens, but it takes us away from God. The spiritual sorrow is sorrow that we have, but instead of taking us away from God, it actually helps us to come closer to him. Just like I was talking about with the healing of the blind man, or even the, or even the lady with the hemorrhaging, everything's done for the glory of God, but the glory of God, as St. Irenaeus says, is man fully alive. So he wants to bring, I would say, even three types of healing. 
And these come from even the scriptures. So there's like, when he delivered one of the women from the demon of despair, which is one of the first things, that was like the healing from the demonic. He doesn't want us to be in despair. He actually wants us to have hope. Mm. So Christ offered that healing. Second, when the lady had the hemorrhage and she touched the cloak of Christ and she was healed, Christ also wants to give us this grace to be able to move forward, to not bleed out in guilt or sorrow. He wants us to keep moving forward, to know that we are healed. Then finally, he gives us this grace of accompaniment. Um, this is like when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He wants us to know because when we feel alone, that feels like a type of death. Mm. And that's one of the biggest things that happens with miscarriage because you feel like this is for me. No one, this is only me. Um, even, and this is, we talk about this too, husbands and wives actually, even though they're trying to be there for one another, they still feel isolated because they're like, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Right. You can't go through this with me. So there's a confident thing. But Christ wants to bring us back to life. So he, and he does that by giving us the grace of love and knowing that he's with us. Yeah. Uh, the website, by the way, dear listener, is enroutebooksandmedia.com forward slash deacon and doctor to find the book. We encourage you to check that out there. It's paperback, ebook, and bulk orders right on their website at inrootbooksandmedia.com forward slash deacon and doctor. Um, let me ask you this. I think this kind of brings up an age-old question. How could there be a God, a good God, if he allows the innocent to die without ever having lived? What would you say to that, deacon? Well, we have to remember Romans twelve twenty one. It's not, and I want to be very clear, miscarriage is not that God is punishing someone. So it's not that he's allowing this baby to die because he's trying to punish someone. Sometimes things happen in a fallen world where we have no control over. God wants to tell us all, I'm not punishing you. I still love you. I love you even in your grief. I love you in both good times and in bad. An evil God would say, I'm going to abandon you. But the good God says, something bad has happened. I'm still going to walk with you and carry you along the way. His goodness actually endures forever because even in sorrow and in guilt and in pain, I should say not guilt, in pain, he says, I still love you. I have not abandoned you. I want for you to acquire tools so that you can know that you can say the word Say some prayers, and you will be healed. But that healing is not that you will never feel sorrow, that you will, you'll never be sad again, or that you won't miss your child. The healing is that despite this horrible circumstance that has happened, God can still make you whole, and he still connects you. There's something that's called a microchimerism, because a lot of times people are, are upset because they think, my child is gone. But biologically, with microchimerism, when the child is conceived, the cells blast through the woman's body. And they can blast for a little bit and land in the ladies, in the woman, and the mother's heart. So both biologically and theologically, that baby is carried with you for the rest of your life. So there's not an absence of presence. There still is. 
wow. in that way. That can bring hope you know, for a parent. You know, I've heard uh, Father Donald Calloway talk about that from the perspective of uh, our Lord and his cells living inside of Our Lady. You know, just let that sink in, too. The, you know, the tabernacle yeah. of Our Lord. <laughs> Praise be to God. We're, we're just about yeah. out of time here. Uh, we're just uh, down to just a few seconds left with Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony in his book, The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Loss. Um, let me just ask real quick. You had about 30 seconds to respond to this, but oh, no, I guess we're out of time. I have to leave it there because I won't give you justice. So instead, just pick up the book. You can find it at In Root. And books, uh, it's inrootbooksandmedia.com. That's N E N R O U T E, inrootbooksandmedia.com forward slash deacon and doctor. Deacon Gerard Marie Anthony, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. You too. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it uh, for the first hour, but uh, we encourage you to keep hanging out with us because we have more to come in Catholic Drive Time for those that are able to join us. Right after the top of the hour break, we're going to jump into a good news segment, plus more Saint of the Day, Gospel Day commentary, and the Fear and Trembling Game Show with prizes at stake that we're going to give away today. You could win. You can always hang out with us on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. March to end abortion and rally for personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I accept some of the things the church teaches, but I could never embrace the entire creed because there are some things in it that I just don't have any use for. G.K. Chesterton says, you might as well say that there's a great many things in the Encyclopedia Britannica that you don't have any use for. The church, like the Encyclopedia, is meant for everybody and not just for you. It is meant for everybody, which just happens to include you. The Catholic Church is a combination of things that are nevertheless one thing. We cannot accept only part of it without rejecting all of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org. 
from the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes? Hi, I'm Karina. And I'm Betsy. And, and we're, we're with Catholic, Catholic Charities. Charities. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Friday, May the 13th, 2022, and it's the anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima appearing to the Three Shepherd Children in Portugal, May 13th, 1917. Uh, Arguably the greatest, most significant, most important, most earth-shattering Marian apparition in the history of Marian apparitions. And, And we should remember what Our Lady told us to do, what she warned us to do. And today's a great day because the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is also trying to remind us that we should pray fast and to do penance to bring peace in this world, conversion of sinners, especially those who face the fires of hell. So great opportunity for us to do that today. Speaking of the fires of hell, uh, Mike Koeniger's here from Virginia. Good morning to you, Mike. Wow, what an introduction. The well, fires <laughs> of hell. <laughs> well, it was hot there, right? It's so hot you got a thunderstorm in the middle of the night. Amen, so. amen. It's it's been an uh, interesting day, but 105 years ago, think about that. 105 yeah. years ago, the Blessed Mother saw fit to not only appear to those little shepherdesses, mm. but also mm. to give us some new prayers. Oh my Jesus! Yeah, uh, right from from the Rosary and the five first Saturdays. I, I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. I think you're right. It, it may be one of the most most earth shattering uh, apparitions of all time. Yeah, consequential for sure. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Speaking of consequence. Yeah, do you, sounds like you're really getting to like being a producer. Yeah, you know, just tell Adrian not to come back. I was going to say, do we just text him to say, Adrian, stay in in Florida, it's fine. fine. (laughs) Hey, don't come back. Don't come back. (laughs) It's okay. We got this covered. Mike does have a day job, but... (sighs) Mike, you can quit, right? (laughs) Yes, just... (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) It's not easy reading the news, is it? It's it's fun to read the news, but even if you double my pay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're doing it anyway, pitching in so that Adrian can take a vacation. Praise be to God. Thank you, Mike. Speaking of which, next week I'll be on vacation a couple of – I'll be on vacation next fr- – one week from today, and then on Monday, that m- following Monday, I'll also be out taking my daughter to discern a – uh, uh, to like a discernment retreat out at a convent in Alabama, praise be to God. So I'm driving her out there, her and a friend, for the weekend as they discern the religious life. So I'd, I'd be grateful if you'd keep them in your prayers. I'll tell you more about that next week, I suppose. But coming up in this hour, we are going to have a great time. We do have a good news segment coming up. Praise be to God. Always good news to share with you. And then we have uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and more uh, incredible 
commentary from the early church fathers and the wonderful commentaries that theverboom.com forward slash grn has supplied to us praise be to jesus and then of course at 15 past the hour we play our game fear and trembling as we always do and it's always a fun time and today is the day we give out the prize so if you would like to win a prize get at least a chance at winning a prize you do have to make that phone call when i give you the number which is going to be at 15 past but if you want to hedge your bet, if you want to give yourself an unfair advantage, well, you might find the phone number on our website. I'm just, you know, it could be there. You might just wander over to our website and uh, look around a little bit. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You might find it there. You could call in early. It's possible. It's your choice. But let's pray. Let's jump in. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, send full and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Mike Koeniger. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here is your good news story. Passenger with no flight experience lands plane after pilot becomes incoherent. A man with no flight experience successfully landed a plane at Palm Beach International Airport Tuesday afternoon after the pilot became incoherent due to what appeared to be a medical issue. The Federal Aviation Administration said the stressful situation unfolded aboard a single-engine Cessna 208. I've got a serious situation here. My pilot has gone incoherent. I have no idea how to fly the airplane, the passenger told Fort Pierce Air Traffic Control. I see the coast of Florida in front of me, and I have no idea, the passenger said when asked about his position. Air Traffic Control at Fort Pierce instructed the passenger to begin a slow descent while holding the wings level. The passenger informed Fort Pierce that he was descending at 500 feet per minute, and personnel at the tower instructed him to stop his descent at 5,000 feet. As ATC attempted to locate the plane, the passenger was directed to follow the coastline northbound or southbound. Fort Pierce eventually notified the man that they had located him some 20 miles east of Boca Raton. The tower instructed the man to fly at 5,000 feet northbound along the coastline and provided him a phone number to call so he could get in contact with someone who could help him maneuver the plane. Robert Morgan, an air traffic controller at Palm Beach International, who has two decades of tower experience and 1,200 hours of flight instruction experience, was reading a book on his break when he was alerted to the situation. Having never flown the plane model the passenger was flying, Morgan pulled up an image of the cockpit to better understand what the man was dealing with. I knew the plane was flying like any other plane. I just knew I had to keep him calm, point him to a runway, and tell him how to reduce power so he could descend to land, Morgan said. Working with the air traffic controller, the passenger successfully landed the Cessna. You just witnessed a couple passengers land that plane, an air traffic controller said over the radio. Morgan and the passenger who landed the plane shared an embrace after landing, and the passenger informed the air traffic controller that he was heading home to be with his pregnant wife. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Imelda Lambertini, the patroness of fervent First Communion. Blessed Imelda came from one of the oldest families in Bologna. Lambertini was born in 1322 in Bologna. Her father was Count Igano, Igano Lambertini, and her mother was Castora Galuzzi. 
Even as a tiny child, she showed unusual piety, taking delight in prayer and slipping off to a quiet corner of the house, which she adorned with flowers and pictures to make it a little oratory. When she was nine, she was placed at her own wish in the Dominican convent in Val de Pietra to be trained there by the nuns. Her disposition soon endeared her to all, and her zeal with which she entered greatly edified the nuns. Her special devotion was to the Eucharistic presence of our Lord at Mass and in the tabernacle. To receive our Lord in Holy Communion became the consuming desire of her heart, but the custom of the place and time she had fixed twelve as the earliest age for First Communion. She would sometimes exclaim, Tell me, can anyone receive Jesus into his heart and not die? When she was eleven years old, she was present with the rest of the community at the Ascension Day Mass on May 12, 1333. All of the others had received their communion. Only Imelda was left unsatisfied. The nuns were preparing to leave the church when some of them were startled to see what appeared to be a sacred host hovering in the air above Imelda. As she knelt before the closed tabernacle absorbed in prayer, quickly they attracted the attention of the priest who hurried forward with the patent onto which to receive it. In the face of such a miracle, he could do no otherwise than to give Imelda her first communion, which was also her last. For the rapture with which she received her Lord was so great that it broke her heart. She sank unconscious to the ground, and when loving hands raised her, it was found that she was dead. Blessed Imelda Lambertini, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way, Thomas said to him. Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Ignatius's commentary, the Catholic commentary, published by Curtis Mitch and Scott Hahn and Ignatius Catholic Press, um, pointed out today that in the, my father's house, on uh, this verse 2 of chapter 14, says, quote, A similar expression is used in chapter 2, verse 16, for the Jerusalem temple, hinting that the father's house is a heavenly sanctuary, Revelation 21, 22. Preached high, re, uh, perched high above in the heavenly Jerusalem, Galatians 4.26, Revelation 21.1. This is the eternal dwelling where the glorified angels and saints worship the Lord in the eternal liturgy, Hebrews 12.22-24, Revelation 4-5, through 5, Catholic Catechism 27.95. Many rooms, now let's talk about this, Similar to the Herodian temple in Jerusalem, which had several courts for worship, chambers for storage, and living quarters for priests. Close quote, Ignatius Catholic Commentary today. I find this very fascinating. It's something I've, I've actually studied quite a bit over the many years uh, that I have been involved in Catholic apologetics and, and whatnot. And I find this, utterly, this blew my mind the very first time I remember discovering the 
biblical typology. And when you look at biblical typology, especially in light of, say, the upper room, and you realize between Luke's gospel, John's gospel, that there is so much more under the surface of the plain words that it, your mind just gets blown. So, for instance, the many rooms in the temple. Well, one of the things King David did in the Old Testament, uh, if you look through the book of Chronicles, for instance, is he organized the priests, the Levites, in the temple worship. He set them in uh, companies, and he made a rotation, and so they would rotate on, they would rotate off. Zechariah, for instance, you know, the father of John the Baptist, he rotated on to go in to offer the incense, and that's when he had his encounter with the archangel. So uh, we see that even in the New Testament time, the time of Christ. And also, when they rotated on, guess where they slept? In the many rooms in the temple. So there's a very priestly element here. So on one hand, our Lord is using this to say, do not be anxious, you know, it's okay, guys, it's going to be fine. In heaven, in the beatific vision, we all are going to enjoy at the level of which we've earned that enjoyment by, through which we have been faithful to that uh, calling of our Lord, the graces that he has given to us. Did we respond in kind with that grace? And do we live according to that response? Or did we struggle in this world with the world of flesh and the devil, concupiscence and the like? So on one hand, yes, we talked about that last hour. But on the other hand, there is a priestly element here. In the upper room, our Lord is speaking the priestly language over and over again. The washing of the feet of the apostles was priestly language. Moses was commanded to wash the feet, to wash Aaron and his sons, to anoint them, to prepare them, to ordain them for priestly ministry. And our Lord is using the same language. It would not have been lost on the apostles in that upper room. Their mind would have been blown, which is why when Peter says, or Owen says, you cannot wash my feet, Lord, and the Lord says to him, then I shall have no meros. You shall have no meros with me. You shall have no part with me. Peter knew exactly what this meant, which is why he said that not just my feet, but everything else too, right? And, Peter, and our Lord says, nope, you've already been made clean. It's just the feet that we're going to wash. Think about that. A veiled reference to baptism there as well. So there's so much going on in the upper room. The very language, the words of institution, uh, also very priestly. I mean, it's just over and over again. But I want you to think about that today because there's so much more going on under the surface in, when you read scripture. And that's why I encourage you to check out tools like verboom.com uh, forward slash GRN. Because, yes, we don't have to be scripture scholars to learn, know, and live the faith. Praise be to God. We do not. But your mind will be blown. And I promise you that if you roll up your sleeves and you dig a little deeper, you're going to find stuff that's just going to amaze you. It's going to give you an aha moment of the love and the majesty, the depth and richness of God. To speak about the heights, the depths, and the, and the widths, this is St. Paul talking about the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, made in a perfect cube. The very most intimate space where they would encounter God. That God is encountering you now, directly. There is so much more under the surface, and I want to encourage you to check that out. Go to GRN, or go to Verboom with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, verboom.com forward slash 
GRN, and you can find out more and how you might dive deep through these incredible gospel commentaries, as we do here on the show. All right, it's time to go to break. We're going to come back and play Fear and Trembling, and what we need most at this time is a phone call. Would you like to play, possibly win some prizes? Here's that phone number. It is 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. Praise be to God, fear and trembling and prizes all coming next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that he give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio, learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire success. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas. But you can't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. That's the deal. You have to promise me, all right? But number one, we do like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. Laugh and joke. And our callers are amazing. Praise be to God. It's certified. And then we give out prizes. What are you laughing about? It's bona fide. It's bona fide. Uh, but we do give out prizes, and today's the day we give out prizes, praise be to God, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. There are no losers, praise be to Jesus. Uh, but if you're just joining us, let me explain this, okay? I do have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of me. 
But I do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't need to know. They might not know a single correct answer and still win the game. And that's because instead of asking them, I shall ask Rudy, I shall ask Mike, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Mike or Rudy? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Rose Custom Planners. Do you need to get a hold of your life? Well, Rose Custom Planners has got you covered. From planners to recipe books, never forget that recipe you really, really enjoy, and mass journals, you'll get a head start to your organizational goal. She even offers custom orders, and listeners can also get 20% off uh, site-wide on all orders using the promo code CATHOLICDRIVETIME. Just type it in in all caps, Catholic Drive Time and visit RoseCustomPlanners.com today. Thank you so much, RoseCustomPlanners.com. Yeah, praise be to God. Thank you, Rose Customs Custom Planners. I did that yesterday too. <laughs> RoseCustomPlanners.com. Got it right. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right, let's go to the phones. Forrest, good morning to you, sir. How are you doing, brother? Praise be to God. I am alive and that counts. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm doing okay. Now, what was the? What's that sign? You're from the. You're from Hondo, their God's country. There's a sign there across from the AGB. How does that read exactly? Welcome to Hondo. This is God's country. Please don't drive through it like hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Praise God. And are you well, sir? Uh, uh, better than I was yesterday. Praise be to Jesus. Well, we keep you in our prayers for sure. Now, you're one of our CDT insiders. You're always hanging out with us, so you know how this goes. But Mike K. is an unknown to you. Are you prepared uh, to to navigate that, Forrest? Yeah, absolutely. Very confident. I love that. Now, I'm going to be honest. I think this is going to be batting practice for you today. I think these are all easy (laughs) questions. I don't see one single troubling question in here in this bunch, so let's get started. <laughs> we will go to Mike K. this morning, since he's sitting in Rudy's seat technically. Good morning to you, Mike K. Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Forrest. Praise be to God. Uh, Mike, are you ready, sir? If I were any more ready, I'd be done. Wow. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think I'd get more sure than that. Hmm. Are you sure? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, very good. Can you tell me how many sacraments are there in the Catholic Church? Oh, uh, this is an easy one, Joe. Sure. You know this? Yes. There's seven. Seven. I like the number seven. It's a good number. Praise be to God. Not just because I was born on the seventh of the seventh month in the seventh decade, but for other reasons too. Praise be to Jesus. All right, seven. Good number. <laughs> Let's just see what uh, Rudy says anyway, though. Hey, Rudy, uh, can you tell me, mm-hmm. how many sacraments are there in the Catholic Church? Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. people forget the Eighth Sacrament, which traditionally was a sacrament of monarchy. You would crown somebody a king, and that was uh-huh. another sacrament. Really? Like the coronation yeah. part? Coronation. Was right. an Eighth Sacrament. Exactly. Whew. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, Forrest, you got choices. Is it eight to include coronation, as Rudy seems to think? Or is it seven, as Mike Koeniger seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Forrest, what say you? I do believe Mike has it nailed. You do believe. Praise be to God. Let's see. Survey says... 
Yeah. Nice. Easy. Batting practice. Batting Easy. practice. Forest. You're not even breaking a sweat uh, on that one. Praise be to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, I don't know. This next one, no, no, this one's easy, too. Let's just go with Rudy and see how it goes. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me, according to Luke's gospel, which two rivals of authority became friends during Jesus' trial? Okay, so that's going to be mm-hmm. Herod okay. and Pilate. I see. Which is very odd to me Ooh. to think that that would unify them as friends. But uh huh, uh huh. That's that's the gospel. That's okay. the gospel truth. G- got it. You're saying who is it? You said again. Herod. Herod and Pilate. And Pilate. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, I know our friend Mike is a history buff and a teacher, so he surely has the inside scoop here. Let's just see. According, Mike, to the uh, Gospel of Luke, which two rivals of authority became friends during Jesus' trial? Those two guys are in Luke's Gospel, but but the two that became friends are Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. Really? Uh, Huh. Tricky. I guess this is trickier than I thought. Forrest, do you believe it's uh, Nicodemus and uh, Joseph of Arimathea, as Mike says? Or do you think it might be Herod and Pontius Pilate, as Rudy says? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Forrest, what say you? My knee-jerk reaction was a very the Sadducees, but Rudy's correct. Oh, Surface says, sure? yeah, yeah right. you got it. <laughs> Who chose these questions? I mean, they're so easy. Wow. Yeah, did that? I thought you were going to say Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden, but that's another, that's <laughs> different. Sorry. That's something else. All right. Third question. Different, <laughs> different topic, different day. All right. So let's go to the third one here. I think it's going to be a perfect score for you, Forrest. I'm just saying prediction here. But let's go back to Mike K. Mike, can you tell me? The Council of Trent was called to respond to which major historical event? It was, this is such a great question, Joe. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it was what I like to call the Great Heresy, but we also know it, know it as the Protestant Revolt. The Protestant, Protestant Revolt. Revolt, you say? Interesting. Okay. Sure. Okay. I thought that was the Protestant Revolution. Could be. Who knows? But let's just get your take on this, Rudy, since you bring it up. The Council of Trent was called to respond to which major historical event? Rudy, what say you? Okay, well, uh, it wasn't the Protestant Revolt. It was Arianism. Arianism had lifted up its ugly head again, just like Pope Pius X, St. Pope Pius X says in his encyclical. Wow. Says it lifted up its ugly head again. Uh Uh-huh. And Mm -hmm. so they said, we gotta gotta go to Trent. We gotta do another another council. Wonder why they chose Trent. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, Mr. Forrest, you can neither choose what uh, Rudy says, and it's the Aryan heresy that uh, Trent was responding to, or is it, as Mike Kay seems to think, the Protestant Revolution? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Forrest, what say you? You know, filled with hubris this morning, I was going to say, but let's not do this. I'm Mike K, Rudy, Mike, and I was right. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're at your, I missed a little bit of that. Did you go with Mike or Rudy? Protestant Revolution. Protestant Revolution is your answer. Survey says. And? Yes. Wow. Yes. You're in here for three. So when they it. say the council, they probably don't mean Trent, I'm guessing. But uh, that's a different story for another day as well. All right. So, Forrest, this is the deal. Perfect score. Congratulations. All easy questions, Forrest. I'm sorry we didn't have. 
more challenging questions for you today, but you are in. You could win. It may be God's holy will. We'll have to see how it goes. Rudy, do you have a name yet? All right. I'm shuffling, and I'm grabbing one here. Okay. I grab it in my hands. Mm -hmm. okay. It's Juan. Juan. Yay. From, uh, from Houston area, I think. I believe so, yeah. Juan, congratulations. Well, Mr. Forrest, it was not God's holy will that you should win today. But yeah, but I got to talk to you, and I had fun. <laughs> Praise be to God. That's awesome. What does your day look like today, Forrest? Uh, stop at work for a minute and taking Becky to PT. Nice. And maybe go back to work. Maybe go back to work. No, nah, maybe not. Uh, maybe not. It's Friday for us. Just take the day off. Somewhere in there, there's going to be some, some fasting and some penance and a rosary. At least one. Nice. At least one. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, God bless you, Forrest. Have a great day. Always good to hear your voice, and we continue to keep you and your family in prayers for sure. And uh, we're grateful that you're part of the CDT and GRN family. Ah, that's, it's awesome. It's more fun than I could possibly imagine. Praise be to Jesus. And hopefully someday soon I'll get back to Hondo, God's country, as you say, and get to hang out with you and your, so. your family again. God bless you, Forrest. Have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Joe. All Take right. care, brother. Take care. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Praise be to God. We uh, had a great week. We had a wonderful lineup of guests and commentary this week, and we're grateful that you joined us. Coming up next week, uh, we are going to uh, talk about a bunch of stuff. We have Anthony Colton Boyle on the show next week. We have a rancher to talk about food shortages on next week. George Newmeyer is coming up next week. I think we have Mr. Julio Laredo in studio from uh, the That's Tradition cool. Family and Property next week. At least we're trying to get that done. And a bunch of other conversations coming up. But Mike K., God bless you. Thanks for pitching in this week. You are amazing. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Praise be to God. If you can and are able to, join us in the after show. You can always watch us live on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can watch us live right there. Or if you want to hang out and comment, find one of the links underneath the live video player on the website and you can comment there. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God bless you. God love you. See you on Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Today is Friday of the fourth week of Easter. We celebrate the memorial of Our Lady of Fatima. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Christ the Lord is risen today. Christians, haste your vows to pay. Offer you your praises meet at the Paschal victim's feet. For the sheep the Lamb has bled, sinless in the sinner's stead. 
Christ the Lord is risen on high, now he lives no more to die. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who chose the mother of your Son to be our mother also, grant us that, persevering in penance and prayer for the salvation of the world, we may furthermore effectively each day the reign of Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When Paul came to Antioch in Pisidia, he said in the synagogue, My brothers, children of the family of Abraham, and those others among you who are God-fearing, to us this word of salvation has been sent. The inhabitants of Jerusalem and their leaders failed to recognize him, and by condemning him, they fulfilled the oracles of the prophets that are read Sabbath after Sabbath. For even though they found no grounds for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him put to death. And when they had accomplished all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. These are now his witnesses before the people. We ourselves are proclaiming this good news to you, that what God promised our fathers, he has brought to fulfillment for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are my son, this day I have begotten you. You are my son, this day I have begotten you. I myself have set up my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. The Lord said to me, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. You are my son, this day I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for an inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. 
You shall rule them with an iron rod. You shall shatter them like an earthen dish. You are my son. This day I have begotten you. And now, O kings, give heed. Take warning, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice before him. With trembling rejoice. You are my son. This day I have begotten you. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I am the way and the truth and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, but I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am you also may be. Where I am going you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And today we are celebrating the memorial of Our Lady of Fatima, commemorating that on this date in 1917, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to the three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal, with a special message of praying the rosary and repentance for the sake of the conversion of the world and for the good of the salvation of people as we heard in today's opening prayer. I was fortunate enough as a seminarian back in 2002 to spend a summer in Fatima uh, on apostolate there and had the privilege of speaking to an individual who was one of the English interpreters for Sister Lucia and had access to interview her. And one of the interesting things which he told me was that uh, when St. Jacinta was born, of course Jacinta, Francesco were brother, sister, and Lucia was their cousin, that when Jacinta was born, the mother entrusted the child to an uncle to go and have her immediately baptized, and had requested that the name be given would be Maria Anna. And when the baby was brought there and they asked the uncle who was going to be the godfather what the name was, he, I guess, pulled a little bit of a fast one and named the child or said the baby would be called Jacinta which according to the gentleman I spoke to in Portugal was saying at the time it was a rather unique name um, in Portugal not so much anymore because of Saint Jacinta but at the time it was and where the name actually comes from is it is the effeminized form of Saint Hyacinth who was a Polish saint who was born outside of Krakow and then was educated in Krakow. Uh, one of the beautiful parts of, of the messages of Fatima of course were the three secrets or the visions which the children had 
Of course, one was the vision of hell, the other was uh, to pray in a particular way for the conversion of Russia and to consecrate it to the Immaculate Heart of Mary for the end of the, of the First World War. And then finally, the so-called third secret of Fatima, which was only revealed in the year 2000. And the third secret of Fatima, of course, was a bishop in white, notably the Pope, climbing on top of a hill. And when he gets there at the foot of the cross, he is shot by bullets and arrows. The children themselves, Jacinta, Francesco, and Lucia, knew that these visions were not determined future realities that were going to take place, but were things which actually could change through the power of prayer and penance. And so Jacinta in particular was applying a very rigorous penance schedule or penitential schedule and her rosaries, uh, praying in a special way for this bishop in white or praying for the pope who was a part of this vision. Rather remarkably, according to divine providence, um, Jacinta died in the early part of the year 1920, at the young age of nine or ten years old, and a couple months after her death, uh, born outside of Krakow, Poland, was Karl Wojtyla, who of course would become St. John Paul II, who we recall on this date in 1981, as Pope John Paul II was shot um, at close range by Mehmet Ali Agka and miraculously survived. John Paul II always credited Our Lady of Fatima with sparing his life, or the Blessed Virgin Mary was sparing his life. And one year to the day after his assassination attempt, he actually went to Fatima and placed the bullet in the crown of Our Lady of Fatima and made the comment that one hand shot the gun, another hand guided the bullet as he praised Mary's maternal intercession over his life. The remarkable connection, in a way, between the children and John Paul II, or in particular between Jacinta and John Paul II, is that this little girl who was born in Portugal and named after a Polish saint who spent time in Krakow, died the very year Karl Wojtyla was born, and Jacinta was praying for this future bishop in white, or this future pope, who of course turned out to be the Archbishop of Krakow, and another Polish saint, St. John Paul II, who she had been praying for and whose life was attempted to be taken on the very anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima on May 13, 1981. I think the story and the remarkable nature of God's providence of connecting two people who didn't cross paths on this earth, just barely missed each other by death and birth date, really is a reminder to us of the power of God's providence and the power of our Blessed Mother's maternal intercession, that she is active in our life, that we can feel the effects of her intercession in our life, and that she can protect us from some of the insidious errors of our time and some of the insidious wickedness of the days that we ourselves live in. And that as the children of Fatima were promoting, we too are called to pray the rosary and to do penance to, for the intercession of other people, for the salvation of souls, and of course in these days, um, how can we also not forget to pray in a particular way for, uh, for Russia, for um, the leader President Putin, for conversion of heart, and really to pray for conversion of heart for all people, because we know that uh, far and wide there is strife and turmoil on this world that we live in in many, many places, and 
has mentioned many insidious things which seem to be going on at this time. So today, in a very special way, let us plead and beg our Blessed Mother uh, to intercede for us for the conversion of souls, and let us entrust our lives entirely to her, knowing that she is the safest way for us to reach safely to Jesus, and to truly trust that she is our mother and she is caring and looking after us every day of our life. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, filled with paschal joy, let us pray more earnestly to God that he who graciously listened to the prayers and supplications of his beloved Son may now be pleased to look upon us in our lowliness. For the shepherds of our souls, that they may have the strength to govern wisely the flock entrusted to them by the Good Shepherd, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the whole world, that it may truly know the peace given by Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our brothers and sisters who suffer, that their sorrow may be turned to gladness, which no one can take from them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our own community, for all those joining us online and through radio, that we may bear witness with great confidence to the resurrection of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray in a special way of thanksgiving for the gift of Our Lady of Fatima and for the maternal intercession of our Mother Mary in our lives. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And let us pray begging the intercession of Mary for the conversion of souls. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, who know that our life in this present age is subject to suffering and need, hear the desires of those who cry to you and receive the prayers of those who believe in you through Christ our Lord. Amen. At the Lamb's high feast we sing praise to our victorious King who has washed us in the tide flowing from his wounded side. Praise the Lord whose love divine gives his sacred blood for wine, gives his body for the feast, Christ the victim, Christ the priest. Easter triumph, Easter joy, sin alone can this destroy. Souls from sin and death set free, Glory in their liberty. Hymns of glory, hymns of praise, Father, unto you we raise. Risen Lord, for joy we sing, Let our hymns through heaven ring. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands by the praise and glory of his name for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive, O Lord, we ask the prayers of your people with the sacrificial offerings that through the intercession of Blessed Mary, the mother of your Son, no petition may go unanswered, no request be made in vain through Christ our Lord. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. At all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time above all to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. By the oblation of his body, he brought the sacrifices of old to fulfillment in the reality of the cross, and by commending himself to you for our salvation, showed himself the priest, the altar, and the Lamb of Sacrifice. Therefore, overcome with Paschal joy, every land, every people exalts in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic host sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abahod, Plenisum Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Osana in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Osana, in You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, 
together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember your servant Trevor, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am, I am not, not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion.
My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Ajenamani providi stolis salutis candidi postransitum maharis rubrihi grihisokanamus principi cuius corpus sanctissimum in ara crucis toridum Sere cruorem roseum, gustando deo vivimus. Protecti pasque vespero, adevastante angelo. De faraonis aspero, sumus erepti imperio. Iam pasca nostrum Christus est, agnus ocius his innocens, sinceritatis azimaha, qui carnem suam obtulit. Amen. Let us pray. As we receive this heavenly sacrament, we beseech, O Lord, your mercy, that we who rejoice in commemorating the Blessed Virgin Mary may, by imitating her, serve worthily the mystery of our redemption through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The day of resurrection, earth spread the news abroad. The paschal feast of gladness, the paschal feast of God. From death to life eternal, from earth to heaven's height. Our Savior Christ has brought us the glorious Lord of light. Our hearts be free from evil, that we may see aright. The Savior resurrected in his eternal light. And hear his message plainly, deliver. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen.
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. James Pineda with the Catholic Organization of Life. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, the glue that holds Houston's Catholic community together. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. 